0: what's up everyone welcome to the likes and cash podcast today we discuss marcus's childhood traumas how much people at goldman sachs make and if we make more than them and how to improve your offer with just flashlight and diamonds enjoy now is when you can finally talk about the Ty lopez thing. we've been waiting for this for like three months what
1: happened you know what it is i just got to the point where i was like i don't even know if it's gonna shit uploaded like ty doesn't upload apparently uh and i know this because before i went on his podcast uh andre hey call jr the client ascension guy went on his podcast and that that one was before me it has, hasn't went up either so i'm like if I, if he hasn't even went up i'm like not next in line and i'm like i just want to talk about it so well did it, did it go out not yet no so i'm just gonna talk about it uh which is why i put it on the list but uh I think you talked about it like four or five weeks ago. The landing pad for luck was it on the podcast? Or you- yeah, it was on the podcast. It was like, uh, it was like two months ago. Um, yeah, it was like an end of podcast exclusive where only the true listeners know what we're talking about. But essentially, the spark notes is that a landing pad for luck is essentially if you go and you DM, you know, a handful of people that are in your either your target market and, you know, it's a network that you want to, that people you want to network with. Maybe it's, uh, high-level influencers, people above you. If you do it enough over time, eventually you're just creating a landing pad for luck. And the way to do it is you are just providing value with nothing in return, um, sending DMs to people. And I'll give you an example, a practical way that I did it is I had saw uh, Ty make a thread or it was a tweet or a thread. Um, and I essentially was like, this is not good for the algorithm. Like, so I sent him a DM. I'm like, you should do this, this, and this. It'll, it'll hit way better. And he ended up responding um, asking me a bunch of questions about about Twitter posts. This is back when it was Twitter, and he essentially was like, "Come on the podcast," and I was like, "Yeah, <laughs> like what?" So, uh, and ever since he only he only texts me to ask questions about about Twitter because I'm now the Twitter I must be the Twitter expert in his network. Um, but it was the uh, the first person I am doing this whole landing pad for luck, and one of the last. such <laughs> so like I had 100% it right. Um, so I had to go on a podcast and it was really cool. What one, I wanted to share one of the nuggets I got while we were doing the pod. If it ever drops, you'll see it. But I asked him about this thing, effective theatrics. And what I, and I, I kind of made that, made that phrase up, but what it essentially encompasses is what all of the big quote unquote gurus do in order to get their ethical message across. So what I mean by that is if you think of Sam Ovens, right? He's like, not like a bro. He's not like a finance, like douchebag bro, right? He, but in, in his marketing for consulting.com, he put on a blue suit in a high rise New York apartment, like on Billionaire's Row and was like acting like that. It was just, it was like theater, but he did that in order to sell his actually good program that got amazing results. And I look at Andrew Tate. he says all the most outlandish things, Lambo marketing, fighting, he said all the most crazy stuff became the most cool man on the planet. But if you go to the bottom of the funnel, his product's actually good. So it's just what I'm calling it is effective theatrics, and I asked Ty if he knew what he was doing when he did that back with the here in my garage, blah blah blah. Um, he actually just said his answer was, "I've always been a marketer," so <laughs> so I think that's a yes. Um, and then, long story short, is I ended up getting a client through the podcast. Oh, another another guest who was on right before me or right after me, um, we connected through Ty, and now he's my client.
0: No, oh, there you go. Okay, no, no, it's a we're. For, for people listening, the landing pad for luck is essentially giving without asking for anything. So, landing pad for luck could be many things. I had an SEO guy who just did SEO for people. This is just writing for people. Some people just give advice. Uh, it's a, I did the signs early on. I, I don't know if I told this story. You know, Chris Johnson, he's the Wealth Squad guy. He makes a lot of money, like a couple million a month just with this like, low-ticket community. And he used to be, he had like 70,000 followers when I started on Twitter, and I didn't have any skills at the time, but I understood the value of him sharing my stuff. So I went on Fiverr, paid seven bucks for the side of his face, and then I sent it over to him saying, hey, thank you for your stuff. By the way, i big fan. Uh, I think I asked him for a retweet at the time, which I wouldn't advise now, but I did at the time. And he did. He followed me back. He retweeted me. And that was kind of cool, right? Because that's how I got my first 200 followers. And that was the moment I got hooked. When I saw that when I refreshed, every time there was something new, like a new a new profile picture, I was like, yeah, I'm in. I'm totally in. Then I fucked it up because when, I, you know, I got a little bit of momentum. And when he he retweeted my stuff often, and at that point, all you do is you shut up and you just are very thankful for it. Or maybe you just say thanks. You didn't try to milk it. And I tried to milk it, which was wrong. So every time he retweeted me, I would plug in my newsletter below or plug in something else below. And he eventually understood that it was not a good idea to keep retweeting me any any stop, which was kind of shitty from me. So I know just a big takeaway. If you get something, just say thanks and then don't do anything else. Don't try to milk it. Just say thanks.
1: You know, it's funny. I Actually, um, also something, this is like a lesson on iterating and because I feel like a lot of people know how to take advice, they don't know how to iterate on it and build upon it. Um, so like the advice that you gave me on the landing pad for luck I've actually iterated on that and <clears throat> this is actually how I spoke to Leila Hormosi literally last week and it's uh, which is which is another crazy story and it's like for me the landing pad for luck you, you told me like the DM strategy which I don't really do as much but what I do is anytime I see an opportunity for anything related to moving my business network level skills whatever forward I just quickly do it so I'll give you two examples of one that didn't work and then the one that worked. So two examples. So One, I saw when X dropped X hiring. So at at X dropped at X hiring and they were like, we're hiring for the Twitter team and blah, blah, blah. I went on there and I went and applied for like the marketing director thing, whatever, but I didn't apply as like, I want to work at X. I was like, I run like the biggest X agency in the world. Like I want to be an advisor. (laughs) Something like that. you know like those one in a billion shots i'm like one in a billion shot like i want to be on the fucking board of twitter <laughs> like, like that's how i that's actually how i think and i know it's not going to do anything but if you do it enough times you will land something and i like two or three weeks later i've actually applied to this like two or three different times it's whenever layla does her live q and a's on youtube and linkedin and she does it all the time and i've applied to ask many questions in there and I never get picked but every time she posts and i see it i apply with a question to see if I get picked. And this time around, this is like my third, maybe my third time doing it. I got picked as one of the people to come up and ask a question in her live Q&A, which is on her YouTube channel right now. You you can go
0: scroll to the app. Dude, when I saw that, I messaged you directly. It, cause yeah. you, okay, because uh, I'm going to talk about what you did with it, because it was so cool. Okay, so you did a space about it. He, you did a space. It was it was just you, the space. But he, you said uh, asking Leila Hormuzi a question, something like that. And then it was her talking to you. And I'm like, Marcos, what the fuck? Like, what's going on? Are you tied with her? Like, are you cheating (laughs) on me with this podcast now? Like, what's going on here? Like, what's the problem? (laughs) Like, no, it's just I I just apply.
1: Yeah, my I didn't even plan that out, but after I got picked, I was like, How can I repurpose this the best way? And I was like, I got it. I'll go to Twitter space. I'll tag her. It's almost like she's in my Twitter space willingly. And I, I just went live, put the phone up to my laptop microphone and it was like us having a, we literally were having a conversation a five minute space and now it's in the highlights you can do this now feature on X you can create a highlights tab it's now in my highlights tab is all of my best tweets and, and videos and one of them is now I spo- I asked Layla a question we talked about um building a culture and like team culture which is probably why I got picked because it was like a very CEO kind of question um, but yeah so I like that you
0: pinned it because then people like people Persuasion isn't a choice. You just get persuaded by things. If you see someone who's tied with a famous athlete, let's say someone's tied with Lionel Messi, and then you see him walking, you're going to think of him in a different way. So when they see your name, space, Leila Formosi, even if they know the whatever, right? But they're going to be like, oh, this guy this guy
1: pucks, right? He gets it. I'm just going to give away unlimited sauce in this podcast. But like my highlight section is actually just like, it's almost exclusively tweets and videos and, and whatever I've done on X that is my best best pieces of content that have either been replied to or relate to big names in the space or did really well. Like one of them's a thread that went viral. One of them's the Layla thing. One of them's my tweet where Alex Becker replied. Like you see how that positions you as an authority if you can if you are naturally being responded to by these kinds of people. It's kind of like when people follow you on X and it says followed by, it's the same thing. It's like you can now associate me. It's like, how can you lower the scamo meter of your perception? Like when someone has no idea, like, can I lower the scamo meter to actual actual zero? As close as you can get to zero, and you'll never get to zero, mind you, ever. You'll never get to zero. But the closest you can get to zero is the higher way. That's like gonna make your your uh your sales so much easier because they're gonna come to the call flaming hot.
0: It's also why people on their landing pages, they have the Google icon and the YouTube icon and the Facebook icon, but it's not like they're not partners of google and facebook they're like yeah. employees at these companies use us yeah. so, so it's like jared at youtube.com is like fuck it put the
1: youtube logo on the landing page we're we're in Let's, that's it trusted by i'm trusted by by <laughs> yeah uh, uh. i drank a coke yesterday and i'm going to put it on my webpage trusted by coke <laughs> <laughs> you <laughs> I
0: mean, you got to do you got to do what you got to do but it's equivalent of when i first started um i'm not a ghostwriter anymore but, um when I when I was a ghostwriter I was a ghostwriter right but then I hired a friend he's my VA and now I'm an agency I'm a ghostwriter just because that was it's two of us right so it's like that that's the little thing it's you know it's a, you,
1: you you gotta you gotta sh- move a little bit you gotta you gotta move a little bit I think there's two yeah for me it's like I I, I would hate to be in the middle I like the two when it comes to like the positioning of agency, I think there's two completely opposite sides, but the worst thing you can be is in the middle. You never want to be like that tiny one-person agency or like the kind of a freelancer who's going to be an agency guy. Like That's like your lowest authority. I think the two high ends are, are an agency, like you said. Like As soon as you can position yourself as a business and not just like a person trying to make it, you'll have way more authority. And then, which is what I did, obviously, with the birdhouse. I bought hats at like, <laughs> you know what I mean? And then the other side is like, the high level freelancer who's like seven figure freelancer. I used to work for Angora and BlackRock. Like I've seen that starting to pop up lately as these high level freelancers who are like, I only work for like the people I want to work for. Like I see that as high authority too. So those are the, you don't want to be in the middle ground. You want to be on the ends. What you're really saying is fuck your building in public. That's not a thing.
0: We shouldn't have that bro. Like some people, some people do. De- uh, okay. So it, I'm not trying to shit on you guys, like, all respect for the hustle and the work, but this is wrong. Like, when you're trying to sell service, coaching, whatever, right, and you message someone and they see on your bio on my way up to a 10k a month business, that looks horrible. Documenting, documenting, my, journey. documenting my journey and building whatever, trying to make it like, how 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 is that supposed to make clients go, damn, this guy's so legit. Trying to build a 10k a month agency, like, man, this guy Man, he's he's got some credibility. It doesn't work that way, like, and at that point, it kind of messes with your priority because what that kind of shows, in my opinion, is that you're you want to be more popular than you want to be rich, because that is popular with the crowd, right? The people who are selling your stuff, your competitors, that may not be popular with your clients, and as we know over here, likes in cash.
1: Yeah, and on the topic of on the topic of positioning and competition. I wrote on the pod thread because I had a I had created an entire course that was essentially going to teach people how to build an agency, and I thought about it, and I actually went ahead and just deleted the shit out of it. <laughs> I was like, "Why would I?" do this? So this is I'm like, there's so many things I added into this. One was the first thing was JK being like, "Don't do that." <laughs> so that was one, and I I don't mind like I, I I see the door open for like an info product, but not teaching people how to be my competition. <laughs> like that's that's where there's a problem. I think it it only works right if it's a funnel. Um so that was one. Second is I saw this Mark Cuban TikTok that I literally made a reply to where he was like, "Why would someone sell you a course on how to create competition against themselves if they were that good?" Like I saw that and I was like, that's a good point. And I started to think about it and I was like, I need to think so much bigger. Like I could see this being a hundred million dollar company. I cannot see it being a hundred million dollar company if at fifty k a month. I'm like, I'm going to teach people how to hit ten k a month. <laughs> like it just, I don't it doesn't make sense. You know what I mean? It's like doesn't yeah doesn't yeah pro, doesn't quite fit for my for my brain. So and I started seeing all my competition dropping. Like people are quitting left and right, dropping info products, becoming one man creators, traveling the world, all this shit. And I'm like, good for them. That's great for them. They're building lifestyle businesses. But now I'm like, maybe it's a war of attrition. Maybe I just have to, like, not die, and I'll just be the best. You know what I mean? Yeah, you just got to outlast people. <laughs> yeah, because people quit left and right. Like, they move on to something else. They they, they switch businesses. They, they realize that it's not for them. Like, if you just outlast everyone else, like, you'll be pretty good. Bro, there was a guy in school. His name was uh, Douglas.
0: So Douglas, in my opinion, he could have been the next just fucking huge thing. Dude, he was, like... He was like, you know, like the trifecta. It's like chess player, fucking video game, addict, and incredible at math. Like, that's all you need to make, it, right? He had everything, and he just didn't do anything with it. I'm like, oh, man, like, he could have bit my ass, but, like, I outlasted him. I stayed for longer. And to that point, you were saying info products and little things. I had a, the interview with Justin Welsh, and I asked them, does your advice still apply for small accounts? And like Justin Welsh, the solopreneur dude, right? Everybody's trying to launch courses because of him. Or a lot of people. I don't want to say everybody, but you know what I mean. He's like, yeah. what? Yeah, thank you, Justin. Nasty. Yeah, I love you. Great. <laughs> it was a cool one. I, I actually enjoyed it. Uh, dude, guy spends 40K a month, but we're going to get into that in a bit. Anyway, I asked him, does your strategy, which is courses and you know one person stuff, uh, still work for small audiences he's like fuck no such <laughs> it's a, it's a client business bro i'm like okay great now we have that distinction done because it, it's it's such a lie bro that you're gonna have with a few thousand followers launch a course and it's gonna be stable first month is probably gonna be great second month's gonna be complete shit courses as in pdfs or videos
1: Yeah, it just doesn't work that way well that's why i tweeted too i tweeted like two weeks ago i'm like the reason the bigger accounts are telling you to do this is because they don't know how to build real businesses themselves. Like it's client businesses are hard. Like you have to be good at business to build a business. Like it's not something, it's not like, it's not as easy as like just coming out with a Twitter growth course and hitting 20K followers and then teaching other people how to 20K. It's just like, it's so much more complex. Like business is actually not as simple as, as that. And I think, People are starting to realize, like at one thousand followers, you can have like ten k a month if you know how to build a real business. But at trying to do this whole like course PDF thing, it's just like it's like a race to the bottom. You know what I mean? There's so much
0: competition. Let's say you're at one k a month. What's your plan to want to hit ten k a month? And I'll tell you my plan.
1: I will. Do I have money or am I broke? You you have you make like five k from a nine to five prime month. 5k but I have to pay I have to use that 5k to live I can't just like put all that 5k in my let's say you wanted to put like 500 bucks uh, a month on this thing I'm that one guy that asked way too many questions yeah <laughs> you're you're the actually guy right
0: now you're you're the actually you know doesn't does fucking count doesn't fucking count internet baby let's go all
1: right anyways uh, 1K, 1k followers and I'm broke um I would open up a checklist actually no you're not broke because this podcast is not for broke people you have some money to spend Let's yeah, okay, there. I have some money to spend um, I'm going to go and I'm going to download I'm going to make an account with uh, 300 hype share I don't care which one you use uh, I do I'm going to do I'm going to <laughs> <I'm gonna, laughs> pay 50 bucks a month for that I'm going to run multiple auto DMs per week I'm going to run multiple threads per week I'm going to run 3-5 to tweets a day and I'm also going to send about 100 DMs a day uh, warm, cold, whatever i'm gonna do exactly what I did when I started. I'm gonna scrape the followers of all the big accounts like Alex Carosi and anyone that could be interested in my my thing. i'm gonna send a hundred dms a day i'm gonna do all that content. I'm gonna engage like crazy. i'm gonna win because I've been just gonna out volume everybody else. I'm gonna sell a service that's at uh, do I have skills in this hypothetical? <laughs> uh, go ahead. you know how to write right. in english so i'm gonna i'm gonna get a i'm gonna get a client for one k a month. I'm gonna get them results in month one. That one K is gonna pay for that entire business on, on top of the sweat the sweat equity. And then in month two, I'm gonna use that case study and those screenshots and client results to now charge three K a month. Then I'm gonna go charge five K a month and then and ninety days I'll be at ten K a month. There you go. Guaranteed. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Put it exactly in. <laughs> That's exactly what I did. That's not
0: <laughs> I'll tell you I'll tell you what i do. I'd monetize potential energy on this one. I would think about what do the people with the money that I can find on whatever platform I'm in are doing, that's wasted. That's like, they're not doing anything with it, right? This is this is what the short form content people did in a way. I'm not saying do short form. This is just an example. They understood that the guys were doing video, but they weren't using all that potential energy into chopping it up and making it shorts. I would think about where are all these guys having wasted energy and how can I turn it from potential into kinetic energy and make it look in an offer as saying as you're not doing anything with it. So you might as well let me do something with it. And then at that point it's just an easy sale. That's what I would do. I would do completely client business.
1: You know what I would you know what I would add to the the strategy that I did because something that there's new there's new metas that exist now that when I went. I would include all of the features on X that I that I didn't get to that I wasn't able to use back then. I would go on probably two spaces a day in my niche and just get on get up stage and just start spitting game. I would do that. I would actually do ninety five client style DMs and then five would be networking and landing pad for Lux. I would add that uh, in there, and I would use multimedia on X. I would do the live streams and the videos as well, whatever wherever I can utilize all of the features, and I want to be someone that does everything and just looks like an absolute expert on the platform. Now, obviously for me, like I'm an X guy, so I'm talking X, but you can do this on any platform. But, um, yeah, I think, I think if you just, you gotta be an expert. And like, if you're going to sell X services, you need to be doing everything X. If you're going to sell Instagram services, you need to be doing everything Instagram. Like you can't be the Instagram guy who just sends some DMS and barely posts any reels. Yeah. Right? You be stories reels ads. If you can lives, DMs, posts, comments—like you got to do it all if you want to be the Instagram guy. Be the Instagram guy.
0: I like it. I like it. All right, let's let's switch over over here. This was
1: this the most practical first twenty minutes of a pod ever. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, which means that the next ones are not gonna be practical.
1: Right now, can we talk about some like noodle brain concepts? Uh, well, we're gonna. Um, what's your <laughs> morning routine? <laughs> <laughs> Z- if, 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 I wish you guys could see it because there's just a bullet point that says. Cigarette? <laughs> it's like, what does that mean? It's just a story.
0: Okay, okay. Well, we're going to back. Okay, so we're we're in Eastern Europe right now. We're in Poland. But I read a Lobo tweet, man. And so these tweets just hit me. He said, my best moments are alone, but my m- best memories are with others. I'm like, damn. I felt that. So when I came to Poland, I invited my friends. So I'm here with Christian and Sevas, And we're going out. We went out on a, on a bender, right, for, like, five, three days in Warsaw, Poland. It was it was great. We, we did a bunch of shit. But, like, at some point, we lo- we lost directions. We just didn't know how to get back home. We're just walking. It's 4 a.m. here in Poland, and there's this, like, huge like Polish dude just walking. And we're trying to ask him, like, bro, like, do you know where this place is? He just didn't understand this shit about what we said. So, she's like, bro, do you know where this place is? It just goes, cigarettes. <laughs> ah, ah. And we're like, cigarettes. <laughs> <So> we just-
1: <laughs> that's what happened. <laughs> that's how you make friends. But- like you hold- if that giant Eastern European cigarette man decided to, like, hurt you, that you could just, like, survive.
0: Oh, I wouldn't be here. Like, that. that's just... This- like not nor, uh, nor me, not them.
1: Aren't you like a jiu-jitsu blue belt? <laughs> What's going on
0: here? I'm a white belt, bro. Okay, I quit. Actually, I'm not training anymore because here's another Poland story. So I just I trained for like a year or something, and then I didn't train for three months because I went to Poland, and then someone asked me, "Well, you haven't trained in three months. Like, do you miss it?" And deep down, I wanted to say yes, but the answer was. No, I do not miss having a dude's armpit on my
1: face. So I just said,
0: no, I don't really.
1: I don't well, like I still probably choke out 90% of the world anyway. Like, I think I've learned enough. I feel like a year of training, you're like literally in the top 10% of the world's grapplers. Like, you don't even need, to, like, unless you love it, you don't need to go any further. <laughs> Bro, that's the thing. Like, my,
0: I actually believe I can. I can't because my confidence in my combat ability. And my compatibility are inversely correlated, at least right now. Bro, starting out, like, I, w- I go to a club, I go somewhere, and it's like somebody pushes me out, I'm, I, to my friend, I'll be like, yo, hold me, like, I'm crazy. I just, when, when this happens, I just see red. You don't know me, bro. You don't know me. Right now, something happens, and I'm just like, yeah, I, I ain't trying to get shot in the face. Like, it's, <laughs> I, it, like, that's that that's good. Bro, A time world jiu-jitsu champion, uh, I think so, Leandro Lowe. Huge guy, like huge name in the community. He's at a club, right? And they're partying, they're having a good time. Somebody pushes him. He's an eight-time world champ. Somebody pushes him. Guy walks up to him, throws him down, mounts him, and says, do not do that shit to me again. And the guy's like, okay. He wakes up, he stands up. goes back to the stable. Bro, guy pulls out a gun, shoots him in the face. Eight-time world jiu-jitsu champion done just like that. So, you know, I'm a practical guy, yeah, and that's strategy, right? But I'm a practical guy. So I'm thinking, what if I just get a gun? What if I just Uh, learn how to do these
1: things? Like, uh, isn't that just, I mean, that's. Yeah, we're so alike. Like, like I was telling Julia, I was like, I really want to go do judo or jujitsu because I like the culture and I like the belt system and I like the community. But from a practical perspective, I'm like, I feel like the first thing I should learn is I already know how to shoot. I feel like the first the next thing I should learn in order of operations. I know how to run and I know how to shoot. So I think the next thing I need to learn is boxing because I can punch and then run or shoot. You know what I mean? Like then I feel like my last resort is like if someone takes me to the ground, I need to know judo or jujitsu, but like I don't even get to the point where I need the gun. Never mind the punching. Never mind the jujitsu. Like, you know how serious of a situation would be for me? Because I'm a nice person. Like for me to get to the ground is gonna be why are you dying? Audio listeners won't know what's going on, but he, like, can't himself. Because imagine if Julia then
0: responds, baby, I just asked you, where do you want to eat? And you you go with, no, but I got to learn boxing. It's like, baby, I did not ask you this. Like, men will literally walk in order what you would do in a
1: fucking combat situation instead of saying sushi. She did not ask about this. I obviously... With so, my inner, my inner t- turmoil as a man I'm like Which martial arts should I learn <laughs> She's like I just want coffee <laughs> I, had a, I had a friend He was like um, He was this
0: He's a Casanova dude Right So he'll just go out to girls And be like um Hey And it's like uh What's your name and She's like Marta Okay so we're they were talking And then she, he, they were talking And he'd be like Oh by the way Andrea What do you think about this She's like Andrea I told you my name was Marta, and then his line was like, "I know it sounds like I'm trying to look cool, but sometimes I'm just retarded." And it used to work so well, so well. <laughs> That's the kind of shit men will do. All right, let's get back to. Okay, go, and then we'll get back to business. Say,
1: one caveat on this whole martial art thing is someone did say that judo is the art of hitting people with the planet, and I can't get it out of my head. And now I want to do judo so bad, bro. <laughs> Bro,
0: judo. I've seen some. They've done some some crazy judo shit on me, man. I don't want to break just my neck. What? I don't want to break my neck. Yeah, I mean, I like my neck. I I think you do. Like the the greatest thing about martial arts, man, adds, like mental benefits. Like I was more humble in the end. I felt I was more calm in the end, and it teaches you. It's equivalent of every day. You know how when you, you're like, you hit a great month in business and then you see someone hitting that before breakfast and you're like, oh, man, there's levels to this game. It's that every day. Because some, you know, the black belt or the promo, or whatever, they're toying with you. They could just do whatever they wanted to you, but they're just letting you easy. So it's that, it's you learn that every day. And that actually tends to be really good for you because you learn to approach stuff with a. I know I'm probably going to get submitted. I know this is probably going to suck, but I'm going to try my best anyway. So that
1: was very,
0: very good. It was really terrible
1: that, that literally happened to me this morning. I was like, oh, 10K invoice. And then I'm like, Nick Huber tweet, oh, I have 11 businesses doing like 300 million in revenue. I'm like, huh. I'm like, yeah. He's like, I have three kids, 11 businesses, 150 million in revenue, and I only work 25, 30 hours a week. I'm like, huh. huh. <laughs> that, that 10K voice doesn't feel so great anymore. <laughs> but can
0: you run? Can you run and shoot, Nick Huber? That's, yeah. the, that's the important question. <laughs> yeah. Can you come over to the podcast and tell us we can run and shoot? Thank you. Somebody tell Nick Huber about this. <clears throat> All right. Next offers. I want to get back to business. So offers, bro. I've realize that there's one thing that makes any offer better. And uh, the bad thing about offers, man, is that they a lot of them just look copy-pasted as the same shit. There's one thing that I added to, or I recommend everyone do, and it's really helpful. I wrote about this. So it's like, let's say there's two people and they're trying to guide the same person to a diamond that's on the other end of the room, but the room is dark person number one, which is your competition, they say, just hold my hand and trust me, we'll get to the diamond. That's like saying, there's a promise, but trust me, we're going to get there. Your next question is, but how? It's hard. Whereas you, instead, what you do is you bring a flashlight with you and you turn the light on and you show them the way. I feel that that showing them the way in any offer is crucial and it's so useful to have. And I do that with checkpoints. So let's say you are in a three-month program. You could say, month one, we're going to do this. And we know this step is done. Actually, I'm going to walk you through mine, right? So it's like, first off, we're going to craft your offer. That's going to take us one or two weeks. We know it's validated when this many people buy. Second of all, we're going to get it to 20K, just 20K. We're going to cash flow this to 20K. And that's how we know we end up on stage three, which is we work for 20K months. The offer is add twenty k a month, right? But now that is the, that is like the light. You show people the way. In business or in fitness, it would be first you would lose five pounds, and then we'll know it's possible. We'll know some things about your routine and stuff. And then we're gonna keep doing that, but we're gonna step it up, and we're gonna lose twenty, and in the end you're gonna lose twenty five. So there is this there is there is a path, and I feel like when people offer things, they think of they think of them as just like a puzzle piece or something that it's a sentence that is like magical but it's never that way we covered offers are not solids; they're liquids they take the shape of the container they're in but I feel like lighting that flashlight and making people see the path is so crucial to any offer
1: maybe we should um, I feel like this this makes me want to go sit down and just read like two or three books on like the history of universities because I feel like us in the alternative we're in the you'd call like the alternative education space like it's alternative education. It's um, a non-traditional, non-university education, right? I feel like we're figuring stuff out that like already exists in traditional education, right? Like that right there is such a concept that like us in the coaching space and course space, like most 99.9% of people don't know that. That's great advice. Then you go to like university and I'm like, when you go sign up for a major, they give you a syllabus they give you your major checklist and your major checklist has all of the courses you're going to take for freshman year sophomore year, junior year, senior year. It says these are examples of what your course, what your schedule might look like. You might get these internships. These are all the companies you could get. Like this is your roadmap. And at the end, this is your average salary. They literally flashlight you there with checklists for your entire four years at the university. By the way, give me 200 fucking $300,000. And I know you're broke, but we're also going to give you debt that you can't bankrupt on. (laughs) <laughs> like, like you want to talk about, that's like the evolution of the education industry is like, I feel like they have it figured, they have it so figured out. It's like, how can we learn from the history of universities and apply that to alternative education? Like that was one of them, right? Like the whole syllabus, it's like a syllabus.
0: I have an unethical, I have an unethical question to make. So can you like, if, because you're American, can you just like make your company as the same level as a university like you set up like a you buy fake land or some shit and that is like people can't oh,
1: default on yeah, payments. you have to become legally accredited so it's called an accredited university so like when you apply for a job it's like you have to have a, a degree from a accredited university. It's basically you have to be you have to like pass the regulation to be a university well that is a shame damn but that you know the workaround now to, this is why alternative education is great and I, w- I want you to get someone like this, or one of us needs to get a client in this space is the coding space. Because the coding space is one of those spaces that's evolved past, um, it's evolved past university. Like, you can get out of high school and go to a coding boot camp, learn how to code, and then go, we'll get a job at fucking like, Netflix. I know it's not that simple, but you actually technically could. Like, it's one of those spaces that's really heavily based on how good you are and not just where you went to school. And you could just go to a coding bootcamp. Like imagine you could go to the likes St. Cash University and just like go get a job at Goldman Sachs. Like you know what I mean? It's kind of like that, right? Whereas I feel like the whole software space has kind of already hit that. I'm wondering if these other spaces will ever hit that. Like with
0: marketing, like if you could yeah, qualify like, market. marketers. That's what I'm saying.
1: Like, why-, why can't you just go to the Birdhouse University and then go get a job at Ogilvy, the fucking advertising agency? Like in theory, you could as like a graphic designer. That's another space that's hit it, but. You know, most of the business most of the business space you have to have a business degree, which is beyond me because the business degrees I know are not very good outside of like the finance degree, which is actually pretty valuable. Yeah, I I, I bet
0: some finance brothers yeah. do well. Isn't in, isn't in Coleen wizard of finance guy? I think he started finance. Accounting. I think
1: so. Finance finance the finance major is one of the uh, finance and accounting are those two majors where I know at my school at UMass they treated them differently because they are very technical. It's not just like. Like my, I'm a marketing major. Is so useless. Like you go to class, like write some shit and draw some pictures. <laughs> like it's like, and when people ask you a question, you just answer with, "But it depends,"
0: and that is like, that's how it answers. You got, a, you got an A plus. But I don't know though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the, I don't know the podcast. <laughs> Did you like the podcast with
1: Quinn? Did you enjoy that one? Oh, oh, I, <laughs> Quinn. If you're watching this, like he, he's watching. He put so much more effort into his intro for his podcast than the other ones, because I feel like that was the best intro of any podcast. The thumbnail is sick. The intro is sick. I'm like, I, I, I see you. <laughs> you know he did. I would do the same thing. <laughs> of course. Of course. I, I mean. It's so good, guys. Like, Quinn's an absolute. He's like such an artist. Yeah, it was good. I, I
0: enjoyed that one.
1: Okay, let's go with
0: this one. I want to talk about sticking to a cool theme. Bro, have you seen this video? So I'm gonna I'm gonna role play it for you and you're gonna tell me if you see it. The average penis size in America is five inches. You know what the average penis size in my company is? 8.3. <laughs> have you seen that YouTube short? I do, yeah, that video. Is <laughs> Bro, yeah, it's the best video ever. <laughs> but it was, it's like, uh, that's kinda this guy's theme. He does that kind of stuff. So he has another video where he's like, a, <laughs> a pregnant woman <laughs> wanted my seat at the bus and I gave it to her for $62,350. <laughs> and then he's like, you got to hustle your way out of property, whatever. Like that's sort the of machine. Anyway, he does that kind of, that kind of talks, right? And that's his theme. And it's crushing. Uh, uh, there's this guy, Rob, as well. He does his theme where he's like, He's a freelancer coach. He, there's like the beginner freelancer. He tries to give advice. And then there's like the pro freelancer. And then he gives some advice. And um, at the beginning, I guess Alex uh, Hormuzzi did the, the talking videos. Not everybody does talking videos, But I find a, a lot of value in finding themes in your content that you're really good at that you can stick to. So I'll give you an example for mine. I do the, um, the other way. I went to the barista and I wanted a coffee. And when I ordered my coffee, she said, would you like to pay with cash or card? And I said, I don't have either. But one time I had a post that I got a thousand likes. She's like, but sir, likes in cash. So I have like this way of saying likes in cash with stupid ass stories, but people like them. So it's kind of this theme that's going on. The guy has the penis size stick. Rob has the freelancer pro versus freelancer beginner advice. And I think that you listening, if you find one style that hits, that is kind of a good reason to not stall because then uh, it, because it's on your record and it's original, like it can't be in anybody else's record. Like we said, we're, we're big fans of the Kanye clip on this spot, but big thing, have a theme that only you can do and stick to it because it's it like, it's really, it's just something that nobody can copy from you or if they can, it's got to look like a copy, which actually amplifies your own message. Anyway, find a theme you can stick to. And I think that is going to make you a lot of money.
1: Totally agree. That's a principle that we apply with our clients a lot. It's like, you know, they don't always come to us with a theme. And part of our challenge is finding them the theme and finding them something to stick to and then sticking to it. So like, that's, that's like half the battle is finding that theme to stick with. And then, cause once you have the theme, your life becomes a lot easier. You know exactly what kind of content to create. Like for you, it's like, but like saying cash is like, <clears throat> it's like direction, right? You sit down to write content for the week. It's like, how can I say like saying cash in a club? Again. It's like, again, it's very simple. Like, if you didn't have that, it'd be much harder to create content. It's like, you know your ICP, you know your theme, you know the jokes that you make, you know, like, you know what I mean? It becomes much easier to create content when you have themes and direction and ICPs. It doesn't even have to be a complex thing. Eddie has watermelons. he
0: post anything about watermelons. Oh, yeah.
1: And he added the uh, professional life enjoyer recently as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that
0: is Michael Porfirio, bro. Do you know Michael Porfirio? Michael Porfirio is the greatest ex or Twitter. no he's not ex. I'm disrespecting him. I'm sorry. it's the greatest Twitter poster of all time. He disappeared in like twenty twenty but he has the best tweet ever like he's all about enjoying enjoying life, having a lot of fun he has he has a tweet where he says, he's just a very simple guy, he has a very fresh style. he's like um <laughs> we enter we enter the kitchen. And our mom asks us, would you like some fish soup? Me, yes. My brother, yes. My father, yes. Then she asks us, did you see what happened in the news? Me, no. My brother, no. My father, no. Then she asked. would you like some more fish soup? Me, yes. My brother, yes. My father, yes. There's a lesson in there. they <laughs> just like, tweets like that for like nonstop fucking seven years. And they were all great. Michael Porfirio, he has a empty ac- uh, private account, not there anymore. I have a swipe file of it. I'm gonna send it to you. It is the greatest thing you would have ever seen. Homash
1: to the G? Um, I think we should uh, we should push it back to what we started with too, because I think the intro will definitely include this. Is uh, it's becoming the theme of this pod is like lessons we've learned from people that are bigger than us. We name drop so many. This is probably the most name drops we've ever done in a podcast. <laughs> Um, but I want to talk about like what we what I talked about with Layla and then wrap it up with something I learned from Gary B and I think this will probably impact more of the higher level listeners so if you're a lower level listener click off reverse psychology I mean you're staying <laughs>
0: you know how on YouTube you can see like the most replayed parts of the video this be yeah. the most replayed part right. of this video
1: um so yeah and when I when I spoke to Layla the question I had asked was how do you create a friendly team culture, especially if you're like a small business and you only have three four five people, you're all similar ages. Like how do you create a friendly culture while still maintaining like heavy, like being hardcore mission driven KPIs, et cetera. <laughs> and something she said that, that I took away was interesting. It was the bond you have with teammates is deeper than most bonds you'll ever have with friends. And I thought that was interesting. It's because like a teammate is someone that you share a common goal with. So like for you, I like saying cash, for example, it's like if you have a teammate who genuinely is trying to push that like saying cash mission with you, your bond might be deeper than a bond you'll ever have with a friend. And it's interesting. It's like you can hit the mission driven side of it by having that, that common goal and that common mission. uh, And you'll still be friendly because that bond will be so much deeper because they're a teammate. Um, And the flip side is I was watching a Gary Vee video and he was saying how he was having, it was a keynote. And it's funny. And I come back to Gary Vee like, Three times a year, where I'll like binge his content, and then I'll stop, and then I'll binge it again because a lot of it's gold. But something he said was uh, as a as a CEO, it's like your employees don't work for you; it's like you work for them. That was interesting as well. It was like it's an interesting way to treat your company culture and your missions. It's like how can you serve your team, not how can your team serve you. Uh, so. It's
0: I hate I I I would have Like one month ago A bit of like Fuck yeah Marcus Right now it's like Fuck no
1: <laughs> JK the CMO JK the CMO is like This is Ryan's job <laughs> Yeah A hundred percent Well, the ones that don't know JK has uh, a CEO For his company So He's on pure Like content mode
0: <laughs> Yeah yeah I'm He's in business I'm in show business Essentially that That's how we Set up this It's thing.
1: like another this is a conversation too is like for me one thing i always feel like i'm missing is a business partner i'm just like i have to wear every hat the C, some days i'm a coo some days i'm a ceo some days i have to be the cmo someday i'm just pure salesman you know what i mean like you have to put on all the different hats and I'm like sometimes i do wish i had a business partner that could just like do it
0: <laughs> do, you, do the other stuff do you think that now that you're gonna be back in eastern time are you gonna be more productive or at least or less productive because right now you're in bali
1: you know, what's funny is I used to think, well, I think it was dep- It was dependent on the season, but in my current season, I will be more, I think my theory is that I'll be more productive on Eastern time because I'm doing more CEO and COO work than I am <laughs> like creative and marketing. I think doing a lot of deep creative work here was a lot easier because of the time difference that I could do meetings in the morning and then have like a whole day to myself. Whereas in Eastern Time, I'm looking forward to putting all my meetings in one day and then having like six days of just like think time, and not have to have meetings mornings and nights. So I think it's going to be more productive, but it remains to be seen. I guess we'll find out.
0: What do you that's think that's how I do it too, bro. All meetings on Monday. Like right now, I got I got this pod, then I got the license cash stuff, and then just nothing. Oh well, we got a pod tomorrow, but that's like an anomaly, right? But that that's all. Uh, but to me, it's, I think that when I, when I am home, I am more productive, but when I travel, I create better stuff because it's just get exposed to so many different things, man. Like you can take pictures of Valley. I'm here in Poland, you know? So it's like, you see so much stuff going on and it's just like your best, your best content comes from you walking, you're doing other stuff from, I, I have this, like, you know how you can only pour stuff in a container if there is something in the like it, from a pot you can only put stuff in a cup if the pot is full if it has water. I think with a cotton it actually works the opposite way. you can only pour great stuff if the pot is empty, as in you're running in empty you don't have thoughts you don't have, you're not thinking about what this guy said or like you're not like painted or tainted by other people's content, which is why I don't personally use swipe files. My swipe file is is the world. I just look at stuff and the world brings things to me and I put it on the thing. So I think that to create, like, to create good content, yeah, you can have a full pot, but to create great content, you have to be running on empty. It has to come from good
1: man. Yeah. I think two points on that. One is I think I think swipe files are amazing as a beginner so you can kind of understand what good content looks like. And then finding your voice, finding your theme, I think when you have it's like training wheels. Um, I don't use a swipe file now. You don't use a swipe file now. I think, hundred, but, but I did, but I did to your point. Right, I did. Good I, point. Yeah. I use yeah. yours. Um, so I think swipe files are training wheels. <laughs> um, I think the other part of what you said is important because I think one thing about Bali is that I'm kind of on all the time. It's like I wake up, the first thing I do is have coffee and get on meetings and work and then i go to the gym and i come back and i work all day and then i get back on meetings starting at 4 5 6 p.m. until bedtime and then the the minute i shut off my last meeting of the day i get in bed to go to bed and wake up and do it again so i don't have any downtime to think which is also why my my content has taken a hit here is i just don't have as much creative thinking time it's more like work it's just like work <laughs> so i think um i think the eastern time will help for that and i think I'm glad this season was important, but I think that the instant time is gonna be very interesting. good, I like that bro well, uh okay, so you said two points. did you say two or just one i said I said two, and then number three is, uh, where did you get your apartment in Miami? <clears throat> next point all right,
0: let's see now I think we covered everything to it, okay, well and. Okay. I'm gonna make a mark over here so Quinn can know.
1: For for what it's worth, this was the longest pod thread page we ever had, and we covered it. Back. Yeah, we're just like, oh uh, yeah, well, yeah, we're <laughs> on all cylinders. It's the new time for for those of we usually record at a uh, like eight a.m. my time. This is four p.m. my time, so I think we're just both so much higher yeah,
0: energy. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, this is like eleven a.m. for me, so we're just we're just going. All right. Well, um, what is? Does it ever? Okay, we're going personal now. Does it ever? How do you not let competitors bother you? It's not even competitors, but people in your same niche that trying to get stuff from you, and it's just like take, take, take. To me, it's. I'll tell you. I'll tell. I'll tell you one thing that I do. It's. uh, I call it scarcity and urgency reduce anxiety. So I don't take unlimited clients anymore. I only take. Uh, eight every month at this time I'm talking. And it's great. Because then if somebody's like wishy washy, I don't have to I don't have to be follow up <laughs> with them. I could just be like, yeah. Okay. Next. Right? Somebody falls off, I have a wait list. And it's been great. And some, something I told someone who has okay, so that now we go. Now we're we wrapping back up. Okay. So something that somebody told me he has zero clients uh, right now and I told him find a max of clients he can stick to and just do that. That's, yeah, that's what you are using your messaging, because when you have scarcity, when when you have urgency, people act, they just do things that they wouldn't do, even if the offer is the same, because people need a reason why to do things. So this, he says, I have zero clients. I'm like, okay, your max is now one. You're only going to take one client a month, but I can take five. I don't give a shit for this month. You're only taking one because that is going to be your small win. You need some quick wins right now. So that's what you using in this messaging. I'm only taking one more client what would you know? One client falls in three days. People just move when you have that kind of emergency. That's kind of how I, uh, it improved my offer, but it also improved my mood and just being more calm because I don't take unlimited people anymore. And it, the feeling is just quite liberating.
1: Yeah. I think your first question was like, how do you not let a competition? Yes. Honestly, I got to, I had a, I had a moment maybe like two weeks ago where I caught uh, a competitor stealing our client hooks and all sorts of shit and it was just like i got to a point where i've gotten to a point now where we're just like shutting all competition out and we're just like focusing on scaling ourselves and the answer is i do, I do let it bother me yes <laughs> 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 is fuck that guy yeah i don't i don't like people that copy because it's just like it just reeks of it, like it's unoriginal you know what i mean it reeks yeah, That's bro. Great. People say like uh, imitation
0: is the highest form of flattery. I do not agree with that. Yeah. It's like I, I don't like, I like it. it.
1: Yeah, like I'm not like threatened. Like I know they're not going to beat us in any way, but it's just annoying. It's like it's not just on my behalf too, because we have I have a team. I'm like when well, my team puts work into you know making content and then they get their content stolen, if I don't do something about it, they feel like I'm not protecting them. You know what I mean? So I'm like, they don't want their content stolen, so I don't want their content stolen. You know what I mean? So they're just like it makes me want fucking juice
0: their head there you go. so you you have you have one thing that i um sometimes it makes me insecure when i hear from other people is the people who like aim for really big stuff you like that never crossed my mind being on the board of twitter and i've been for, for like a long time on this but you said like that's just how i think i just aim for that and when people i don't know man it's like sometimes i just feel like you know, I want to I want to run like a 2 million a year business like you just do and have no responsibility. That's that's just kind of what I want to do. But you're like I don't know, I feel like you ain't really big So This is like kind of uncomfortable, but like for me or for maybe other people listening. I've, do you feel like it's well, like, were you always like that?
1: Yeah, well there's two like two big reasons for it is like it's to like we're talking about like a lifestyle business and for me like my lifestyle that makes me happy is so small. Like, I already have it. So, for me to be, to not aim any higher would just be so fucking boring. Like, I already, ha- if, if I just stop now, I could live so happy because I have the lifestyle I want. But if I, if I keep aiming higher, then it's actually more fun. Like, there's a mission behind it and there's a reason. It's like a, it's like a quest line for in, a, in a game. But then the other is, there's just my favorite quote ever by James Cameron, who was the director of uh, Avatar the blue people avatar. It's uh, if you aim ridiculously high and fail, you'll still fail above everybody else's success. So for me, it's like if I go and reach for, I want to build a billion dollar agency and I fail, like maybe I'll still fail at 100 million. You know what I mean? But if I aim for 50K a month or 100K a month, I'll be stuck at 50K a month. Do You know what I mean? Um, so like, that's also part of it. It's like, so there's a tactical reason to it. And then there's like a more like deeper reason to it. There you go. Do you, when you say mission, like I promote likes in cash and you're
0: just like, some people are like, I really resonate with that message. That message is designed to make me money. And that is the main goal. It is not to change the world, period. When do you have like a mission that's like, not that selfish
1: in nature? Yeah, our mission, I'll read it to you, is uh, to catalyze the growth and impact of high value education businesses. Yeah, but I, I, get, I get that though. But like, do you feel it? Yeah. You, are you like, this is, this is not just decided to make Marcos rich. Well, there's a reason behind it too. And it's the, the problem behind it is like, I don't love the education system. And I think what happened is someone said to me once in college, he was a, uh, like a finance bro. And I was at the time, I was like day trading. And I had made like, you know, a couple hundred bucks or whatever. And I was super happy and excited about it. And I was like, this, this, and this. And this kid shut me down and he goes, When you when you make more than gold, when you make more than someone at Goldman Sachs, get back to me. And I was just like, Like, why would you say that? Like he just like shit on my dream. You know what I mean? Because I was just a day trader trying to make like a million dollars. And he was like, When you get back when you work, when you make as much as someone who works at Goldman Sachs, get back to me. And I was like, like the education system is like it breeds just like fucking rats dude like absolute rats like what a douchebag thing to say and that made me hate the education system and i hated i hated the college system and i only got my degree because it was free from the army and i i went through army education and that shit sucked too it was like you didn't learn anything like of practical everything you learned that was good was an experience or from your mentors like nothing from the actual system so there's something genuinely wrong with the education system actually it's fucked so i want to fix it i i I like Okay,
0: cool. I respect you more because of that. That's cool. I'm not. I'm not that. I don't have that. But I like that. Yeah, my respect for me. <laughs> just yeah, it's because you need work. <laughs> sometimes I just don't understand it, man. Like I had a, I had a, I had a call with this other coach. One is like, uh, first time we met, it's just like, I just want you to win, and I'm like, is that all you want? Like, yeah. really? Well, like, what's going on behind it? Like, when I see people that are, like, super, like, so nice, it's like, I just want to do good, but it's like, do you really, bro? Like, so I sometimes just don't really buy it. It's like, our mission is changing, <laughs> I don't know, I think, um, uh, I don't know, man, I, I didn't have a fucking mission. I don't have a fucking mission. I don't want to change the world. I just want to be rich and that's it. Like, if anything, like...
1: I don't care how it ends up. You should read. Really. You should read the uh, the Elon Musk biography because it's interesting. Because I think you think the same thing about Elon. You're like, why does he want to do it? And you might not even figure out why from the book because the book is like, as a kid he just got his ass beat like by other kids and like just bullied, mentally abused, like all this stuff. But the reason he wants to like change the world is there's no like real reason behind. He's like kind of selfish about it. Like he's just like his reasoning is like if I don't do it, no one else will. Like it's like I'm better than everyone. Like it's like, it's kind of what you're saying. Like he doesn't sugarcoat it though. He's like, he's not like I'm doing this. Cause as a kid, like, I mean, he read a uh, hitchhiker's hide to the galaxy guide to the galaxy, like the space book. And then he, he kind of got motivated for it. But I think part of it also plays into like how they say he has Asperger's and bipolar disorder. And like, I think part of it is just like that, but there's no true reason behind it other than because, and I mean, that's what you're saying. It's like, why?
0: Yeah. It's like, <laughs> so I don't get it. Yeah, personally, I don't. Know. But I like I like that it kind of came like your reason, and that reason is kind of similar to the reason I'm going to show next. It's kind of because we're we got kind of petty. It's like fuck you, man. I'm going to show you. Like, okay, content. I think that people have, their their content is valuable, but I think they have the wrong perception of value. There is emotional value, and then there's logical value. Logical value is here's my tips, take them, use them. But what happens is. You get people on calls and all that happens is they go on the call and go, yeah, this was great. Thank you for all the value. I want to implement it first though, and then get back to you. And they never do. Whereas emotional value persuades, but it persuades differently. It hits you with the belief that you can change things. So I was fat for a long time and I watched videos with a lot of practical value and how to get fit. Nothing really made me do something about it. But one time I was... I gained like 30 to 40 pounds in college, bro. I was just chilling there in my house. And my dad, who I didn't have a good relationship with at the time, he goes, huh, you got a pretty round belly now, don't you, son? I got so pissed. It's like, yeah, fuck this. That day, I was making 250 bucks a month. I spent 20 bucks a month on a gym membership at that point, which is like 10% of my salary, right? So I'm like, yeah, fuck this. I'm getting into, I'm getting into shape. So emotional value pursuits differently. And I, that came from a negative thing. That guy persuaded you. Actually, you could say that he was kind of a douche, but he did some good for you, even if it came from a negative place. And maybe the other people, for Elon, that was too. So maybe that's your why you're just petty as fuck.
1: He's going to watch <laughs> that name and be like, damn, I live in your head rent-free. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <make, laughs> I make one of the, so that golden sacks, kind of. <laughs> how, how many people, how much did he make in golden sacks? Honestly, I probably make way less than like some of them, but like Goldman Sachs is like entry level is like six figures, like hundred k. But I think at the higher level, like partner level, is millions.
0: He's watching this, just like looking at you, like from from above, like oh, he's still there. Uh,
1: whatever. Um, <laughs> give me a year. Yeah, this is a good podcast. Whatever.
0: <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. By the way, I my respect for you went up, man. Like I really like that you have that mission. I didn't know that about you. I thought your mission was just
1: making Marcos rich. I think
0: this is more noble.
1: Man, I just wanna like play video games and drink coffee and then also change the world. <laughs> it's like I'm low I'm one of those low maintenance rich people where it's like I don't I don't wanna get rich to like spend it. I just wanna like, get rich to like not have to worry about money. <laughs> you're your your champagne income with beer taste. That's actually it. <laughs> it's literally, I want champagne and come in like Guinness and like chicken fingers taste. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Cool. I This was the bot.
0: Thanks everybody. Right. See y'all. Experience.